The Movie Hour, episode 29, April 7, 2009. Spoiler alert, the following hour of programming may contain both movie plots and swearing. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Craig T. Nelson's Forehead Movie Hour. This is Greg Maloney podcasting from Lake Orion, Michigan. Hi, everyone. This is Jim Maloney from Rochester Hills, Michigan. And you've got Jeff Hendrickson from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Today's a real beautiful day to be inside. I'm going to tell you, it's 29 degrees out, James, in, uh, in our area right now. It's disgusting. Yeah, it's snow everywhere. I don't understand. Yeah, it's kind of windy in uh, the Philly area today. <laughs> Kind of windy at your kinda, 51 degrees or something like that. Kinda, you know, I don't think of, it was that warm. It's not a nice day out. We can say that. It's okay. All right. Well, uh, yeah, I was uh, making, you know, due to my genius job situation, I was making a giant fort of uh, snow with my cousins yesterday. That's how freezing it was. And I was not happy. I was a little wet, too. It wasn't wasn't fun. This weekend, though, like just Saturday, it was really nice. Like it, it went from, what was it, like 50 in Saturday? Jeff, Jeff was in town for all of you that uh, – didn't catch that last episode, um, and it was it was a great great weekend. Yeah, I heard it was, it was a, pretty nice. I heard it was good weather to be downtown. Yeah, yeah. The, um, also, for those not in the know, the final four was in Detroit uh, this weekend, and of course on Monday. And <laughs> Jeff and I were out with our buddies. We had a bachelor party to attend to, so the whole plan was to go out there, enjoy the festivities, and uh, have our bachelor party in the middle of it. And it was hilarious. It was awesome, and. Yeah. Go, go ahead. I was just going to say, how'd the bachelor party go? It was awesome. Uh, we ended up actually, <laughs> yeah, it was awesome, man. Yeah, it was, what was weird was, uh, I've been down to Detroit, obviously, a lot of times, and my uh, one of my buddies lives right down there on the riverfront, and usually when you're down there, there's, you know, no one else around, like, he has lives in three, like, three high-rise apartment buildings in that area, and after around there, you have the Joe Lewis, and there's not really any action around there, and when we were leaving, there were cars everywhere, like, I'm surprised we were driving around in a limo, and we could actually get around. It was kind of cool to see Detroit the way it might have been maybe 40 or 50 years ago. People <laughs> walking around the waterfront and everything. Uh, it was, when it, people it was actually really exciting. There. Yeah, it was, I mean, that's, uh, I, I remember being kind of shocked when I moved here to Philadelphia that, like, this is what a city can look like where people are kind of out and about and really enjoying things and there are things going on everywhere. And, and Detroit actually looked like that for the first time in my lifetime. Uh, or at least, I, I guess the Super Bowl was similar, but I didn't get down there and see that. But, uh, it, yeah. it, it was really fun being in Detroit. Also, we had, uh, we had quite a good time. Good, clean fun, really, when you boil it down, but good, clean <laughs> yeah. fun for the bachelor party. Yeah, the games, the games were right at a four field, and we ended up actually ending up in, uh, a bar called Coach's Corner by Greetown, and it was a, it was a zoo in that place. I was sort of surprised. I was sort of surprised. degrees in there. Yeah, it was, it was <laughs> cooking. Somehow we got inside. It, I don't even know how bodies fit in that place. There had to be, what, like 700 people easy in, in that place. It was, like, it was crazy. And uh, in your group? Uh, yeah, about that. We went, met with a few people down there, and um, I, anyone else that was down there, I'd love to hear. I'd love to hear your stories on uh, the Gunga Pit if you have any, because it like it was a pretty pretty big, wide open ceremony, like not ceremony, but celebration. Like there was a giant like AT and T fest on the riverfront where they had some concerts going on. Yeah, and, yeah, live music, and it was really cool. Yeah, yeah, it was a good time, and uh, unfortunately, we come to Monday, which. You know, uh, I'm, yeah, <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know where to start. MSU pretty much shot themselves in the foot, the knee, the face, and then in the, pretty much in the head. Yeah, everywhere right but that. the basket, I think, is where they were. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, we, I ended up having to watch the whole thing, and it was 
I don't know. Like, I, like it sort of seemed like, okay, you know, you shot yourselves in the foot for the first uh, ten minutes. All right, we can sort of do something. Oh, there's a nice string of passes there. Oh, five points, good. Block, nope. Okay, it's over. And it was, yeah, it's, I, I didn't watch the game, but just looking at the scoring summary, they, I saw a graph of it in, like, the first, I don't know, five minutes or something, they fell behind by, like, 15 points and just never recovered. Like, yeah. They moved parallel for the rest of the, the graph. Yeah, you know, I mean that UNC team was just not going to be stopped. They had so much talent on that team. And I, yeah, I really, I mean MSU, kudos for getting that far. It's a good thing that they didn't run up against USC before then, because USC did not lose a game or not did not win a game by less than like thirteen points or something like that. That entire tournament. You mean UNC? Oh, did I say yeah. USC? Yeah, UNC. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and they ended up. Uh, I I didn't have much high hopes going in it, but it was just a disaster. Obviously, like it yeah. wasn't just at UNC being. A, being a genius team yeah. at that point, you, you saw the game. It was bad. I'm just kind of hoping that was, yeah, they kept they kept just missing shots. If they had made some shots in the first few minutes, they might have kept it close the entire game. But they just could not make shots. Yeah. yeah. Anyhow, it, it was. Uh, and also, if you happen to be catching this, some of the some of the buddies that were out with us on the weekend, like it was a good weekend. And uh, thank you for setting it up. Uh, Dave, David T knows who he is. Yeah, and, uh, DT a couple other and, people. Uh, and Brian P. Uh, excellent yeah. work, guys. So anyhow, we need to move on to our our movie our movie esque show here, and uh, of course the first order of business is our movie reviews, and I believe uh, Jeff is our is our first step of that. Yes, yes. Well, for the fast uh, fast several weeks, I, I made a comment several weeks ago about Raising Arizona being the only. Coen Brothers movie that I hadn't seen, and for the last several weeks, KPW has been on the forums with yeah. a weekly reminder that I'm a jackass for having still not <laughs> seen that movie. So I uh, I slowly but surely moved it up my Netflix queue, and, I, and it showed up uh, last week, and I actually watched it yesterday, and I liked it. Yeah. What, yeah. do you, what do you think in terms of uh, the Coen saga, now that you've seen them all, right? That's I've what, seen that's every Coen Brothers movie now. So is this top 50? Is this the 50% mark? Do I would, go say, above I would that, say it's in the it? top 50%. Uh, I All wouldn't right, say right. it's much above that. I can think, I like, uh, I think definitely, obviously, like, Lebowski's better. No Country for Old Men is better. Uh, I think Fargo is probably better. Barton Fink. Yeah. I, I, I really, I did like it. I, I'm not sorry I saw it. And I might, I might watch it again at some point. And it was one of those movies that you liked despite Nick Cage. I thought uh, John Goodman's character was hilarious. Just yeah. this, like this hardened criminal that that it can try and smooth talk and has like some you know uh, some sort of like philosophical background to him. I, I got kind of a kick out of that. <laughs> And yeah, so you didn't mind Nick Cage in that? You didn't think he did a bad job, did he? No, I actually no, finally thought, not. okay, even though he's just monotone the whole time, it's like, wow, he's doing a good job. Yeah, for yeah. some reason, no, easily I, his I, best I, role. I've said it before. I, I, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. When that guy wants to make a good movie, he can. Like adaptation is one of my top twenty-five favorite movies, I'd say, and he plays two people in it. So, like, I, I really, I don't have a problem with him per se. I just have a problem with the scripts he chooses, like Wicker Man. Yeah, and for those that haven't those that haven't caught it, you want to sum, sum the plot for us really quick, too? Um, yeah, it's this guy. Uh, I really love the beginning. It's this guy that keeps going to prison and winds up marrying one of the like this woman that works at the prison and uh, decides to go clean, go straight. But they and they're just so in love, like they're you know the perfect couple. And but they find out they can't have kids, so they steal, they kidnap the uh, one of the Arizona quintuplets. And uh, and um, it's the, it, it's like these rich people had five kids, so they steal one of them, and it sort of uh, 
hilarity and hijinks ensue, and yeah, it's, it's a yeah, pretty good movie. It ends up being, being pretty hilarious. And there's a, at some point, who's the, there's like a bounty hunter or something in that movie. Yeah, right? really yeah. weird. Who is that? Yeah. <laughs> I don't who know is who it? Is. I don't know. I think it okay. represents like, like, uh, well, I, I don't want to get too into it, I guess, but I think it represents like, like Nick Cage's characters, like dark, bad side or something like that. It, it seems like to me, but I could be wrong interesting, about that. Interesting. Yeah, but yeah, uh, seal approval. Yes, no. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Go see uh, this, just like any Coen Brothers movie. Yeah, awesome. I'm happy you completed the saga. You deserve yeah, like yes. some kind of I'm, some kind of I'm done. plaque. How many people <laughs> on this Gunga cast can say that? I'm getting there. I've got Barton Fink. I just got it today. So what do you have I, after Barton Fink? What else are you missing? Uh, but Cassidy, I think, is after that. But I still haven't seen no, Blood no, no, Simple. No, 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 I mean from so, the Coen Brothers. Coen yeah, Brothers, exactly. I haven't seen Blood Simple. Um, haven't seen Fargo. So I think that's pretty much it. Have you yeah, seen I'm a man that wasn't like- there? I'm still like four oh. behind, also. No, I haven't actually. Mm-hmm. And actually, now no, I was four off because Intolerable Cruelty I haven't seen either. Oh wow! Okay, Anyhow, see. okay, so uh, good to know, James. You're uh, you're up next. All right, um, my movie is about a, a young boy on a farm who uh, lives in an area of this oppressive government that kind of rules over the area. Uh, he ends up meeting an old friend of his dad's who uh, gets him into this. Weird spiritual new age Zen like religion. But, we all know uh, Braveheart, James. Go ahead. <laughs> but uh, then they, together they de- they decide to uh, to leave the area, but uh, need to get past like the government troops. So they hire a couple guys to smuggle them out. Um, when they're fleeing, they end up getting captured, uh, but they end up escaping pretty quickly with the help of this chick that they break out of jail. And then uh, after getting away, they actually decide to go back uh, with a bunch of that chick's friends and uh, blow up the government center where they're being held. That's pretty much mm. the whole movie. Holy mackerel! What's the name of this movie? Uh, Star Wars. <laughs> ah. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> I like it. Yes. The, no, actually, uh, I didn't. I saw Burn After Reading this week. Uh, <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, you didn't like Burn After Reading? No, I did like Burn After okay. Reading. <laughs> Uh, it was pretty funny. I expected it to be a little bit more funny, but uh, it seemed like Brad Pitt's character seemed a little forced. Really? In, I thought he I thought he was like the best part of the movie. He was really good, but it just seemed like he was trying to do wacky stuff to make his character instead of like, I don't know, I guess in other characters that I've seen him do that, it was part of it, where it just seemed like he was just doing the wacky stuff to be weird, you know? Gotcha. So I just got that weird bit. But uh, Clooney and McDormand are great in that. Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah uh, definitely. My favorite part is the end with uh, J.K. Simmons, where they're kind of reviewing what happened during the movie. But yeah, <laughs> so what did we learn? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, it, it's, it's a good movie. It's it's, it's amusing. A, a little bit worse than I thought it'd be, but still pretty good. What did you think of Malkovich? Are you a Malkovich fan? I'm you? not usually a Malkovich fan, so he was okay in it. Well, okay. Alcatraz on this Gunga cast, I tell you what. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, my favorite, I saw it again. Uh, I him him in the to. office when he's he's being demoted is great. Yeah, yeah. yeah what the fuck is Olsen doing here? Is, movie, yeah, yeah that, that's a great part. He's he's like the poor guy in the whole movie, too. Like, he ends up getting... Uh, he has to live on his boat because his wife yeah, divorces like he, him. Yeah, he's pretty much the only straight-edge guy there, and then he just freaks out at the end. It's pretty much... Yeah. 
I don't know. It's unfortunate. Unfortunate. And I guess you don't really have to review it since I did such a great yeah, job yeah, last week. God, that's I why I made really up the, that. the Star Wars one. So. I like that Star so, Wars one. That's that's good. I just like the fact that you brought up uh, a different movie, even though I was talking about an old movie, but not that one. <laughs> I, yeah, you were, you sort of were. It seemed like you were asking for it. Like, okay, insert funny joke here. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I noticed that you Any, did not yeah, come out with any actor names or anything. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, All right. Anyway, so Greg, what did you see? Uh, great question, and I actually got a sort of a long story to this one. I ended up, so I think everybody, anybody that has, you know, connection to the, the news on the Zay internet found, uh, a lot of information about how this X-Men Origins Wolverine story, or Wolverine movie has actually leaked, and everyone's been, you know, downloading illegally all the, uh, sort of like a production copy of it, unfinished, not completely edited, still a lot of effects to be put in, and I ended up pretty much <laughs> seeing, like, okay, I heard on the radio, it was actually on BBC, some guy on the radio, which just cracks me up, says, you know, okay, this came out, this story, which I'd already heard about, but then he goes, and since then, it's been removed from the internet, and I was like, <laughs> and I'm like, wait, what? Like, the, he's like, yeah, it's been removed from file sharing, peer-to-peer file sharing networks, I'm like, how is that possible? Like, you can't remove, this guy's crazy, like, yeah. there's no way... <laughs> Something leaked onto the internet, and then Signing don't worry. Off some guy yeah. who doesn't understand the internet. Goodbye. Don't, <laughs> don't worry. Don't worry. We, we found it all up. of it. Yeah. 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 It was it was really funny, and I just I I probably want to really want to just bring that part up and say that uh, after that I was actually at a buddy a buddy's in my place, and turned out he had it, and we ended up seeing some of it, and I <laughs> I I gotta say. What, go find this movie. Like, don't uh, don't do anything illegal. But if you happen to find somebody that has to have it, that has it, you see them have it. <laughs> you, don't you can, buy any drugs. But if you know yeah, some friends yeah. that have and, them, go and of course, if you see them with it, if do. you see him or her with it, you're gonna have to report it to uh, you know the police. The RIA after, or, before or just that, the Gunga Pit because we'll, we'll get it. Right. We'll get it there. Yeah, yeah. And take a look at the movie because it's actually real. It's like a learning experience watching that thing because you get the. You get to see sort of like the different steps of production in because it's not finished and there's parts where it's like okay the actor right here is hanging onto a you know like a giant styrofoam pole but it's supposed to be his staff or something and it's not pretty much uh, uh, CG'd in yet. There's uh, Wolverine's claws aren't there, but then they show like a little like dash marks to where his claws are supposed to be, and then you'll have people where they just made the edit. And put like a little like Photoshop. Oh, uh, uh, pretty much like rock debris here. Like literally an arrow, rock debris, and so, it's not there yet. But so is that the only part that was not put in? Is like the CG stuff. Everything else seemed to be a coherent storyline. Uh, well, there was there was still a lot of CG stuff there actually, and um, it just wasn't completely done. And exactly. a lot of the sounds aren't completely there. There's some voiceovers that aren't done yet. Like they put, you can even see that in the in the copy, and. Pretty much from there, it's you. You should really see it. It's interesting. Like if you you want to see uh, this movie, which actually ended up not being that bad, but I had no interest in seeing it really, so I didn't mind spoiling it. And if you really want to see a movie that like goes step by step, what a movie has to do to get done, this is this isn't a bad way just to get a feel for it. It's pretty interesting to actually see it. Hmm. Um, That's kind of intriguing. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know the friend James, so I can I can tell tell him to tell you to to show it to him, show it to you. Gotcha. Um, but uh, any on top of that, the movie itself, like, I don't know, it's pretty much exactly what you expected. It's like a mindless, like, dwarf roller coaster of emotion with some cool fight scenes, and that's like it. That's pretty much all. All that. That's uh, shocking. Yeah, yeah. It's it's that's pretty much it. And 
I, I got. I'm not. The, I never read the comics. I liked X Men, like the first one. All the other ones are sort of a disaster. But I have a feeling if you're a comic follower, then you see this movie, you're probably gonna throw up in your own face because I think they, I think they ruined a lot of the stories. I, I don't. I've heard a lot of the stories from other people, so it sort of seems like. Yeah, that's the feeling I get too. Yeah. Anyhow, I th- and again, I think pending on this, they're going to be releasing more X Men Origins movies. So if you want to see more, I'd uh, recommend you go opening day and uh, catch the movie. Uh, other, ha- anyways, I-, I I wouldn't. Yeah, if you if you're a big fan of the movies, I probably would not catch this one. But I'm not I'm not a I'm not a comic genius. So anyhow, uh, movie reviews done, wiped out, no problem. We do have another problem though. <laughs> And it's Fast and the Furious. Fast and Furious. I you were going to talk about the economy. I was like, yeah, because no. we, we had that problem too. The economy is not important. That's a no. different. That's Fast a different. and the Furious, <laughs> major, major problem. We are. This is the economy. Fast and the Furious apparently <laughs> is. Like, <laughs> this is the economy. Yeah, apparently they made a, uh, more money than um, a lot of other things. So yeah, yeah, they they, yeah. they, they got like what eighty mil uh, on the weekend. I think it was 72, but I'm, I'm going to find that number in a second. But here's here's an economics tip, you know. If you're looking to save money, why did you go see this movie, you know? It's just, I, women, I don't know what happened. Women love their Vin Diesel and Paul Walker. Yeah, it made, by the way, uh, 70, 71 million. 71 million. To. It was, it, it, people, here's what, okay, fine, whatever. That movie's going to make a lot of money. What bugs me is that they thought it was only going to make, like, 40 mil, and it made, like, <laughs> 71, it's apparently 71 mil. That's just, cr- like, you know, I'm fine with it making a lot of money, but don't have it, like, go above and beyond what everybody was going <laughs> to That's That just pisses me you off. You can have some money, but do not exceed expectations. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> this, this means that we have severely underestimated the amount of dipshits in America, and this terrifies me. I thought we had a pretty good handle, at least the government had a pretty good handle in the movie industry on how many idiots are in America, and they can slate this pretty accurately, but apparently there are almost twice as many dipshits in America just chomping at the bit for another Vin Diesel Paul Walker joint. And, uh, <laughs> That's so. a great point, dude. That's a great point. It's almost like when uh, like Las Vegas, you know, okay, this is how many assholes are out there. This is what the line's going to be for, you know, Rutgers University. And then Rutgers goes and beats the line ten weeks in a row. This is a disaster, people. And this, <laughs> it's, this needs to be looked at. This needs to be studied. And I, I don't know. I don't know what to do. Yeah, Fast I think you're right. Games. I think it needs to be looked at and studied. Also, it brings up, uh, I'm not going to do the math, but $71 million worth of people are not listening to our Gunga cast. So that's a huge problem. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure we did say to avoid uh, Fast and Furious. But I think we did say, don't worry, our listeners are smart enough. We don't have to you know, say anything like that. They'll Apparently we need to say it more often. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Monsters of Resilience also did half of that, which you thought, you know, the kids would have been able to, you know. Apparently the parents went to Monsters of Resilience with their kids and then took their kids and their friends and their brothers and their sisters to Fast and the Furious <laughs> afterwards. That's or they dropped the kids off at the one movie and then they paid twice as much to go to the other one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah possibly, possibly. And fat, the I don't know. People love movies. People yeah. love movies with big engines, dude. Cars with big, yeah. big engines. That's what does it. It's the classic formula. Cars for yeah. the guys and guys for the girls. Yeah, which actually leads leads us to our next brilliant topic of the cool like these cars. People go to movies. I don't know about this one because there's some there's some eye candy for both sexes in this one, of, of course. But uh, people go to movies to see big cars. James, did you know that? 
Yeah. I've, like, I've been known to do it. AKA the DeLorean. Have you seen that? Have you seen the DeLorean before? You ever heard of it? The DeLorean. Yeah. The DeLorean in Back to the Future. Oh. That specific DeLorean. The, yeah, that, that was a pretty cool car, but you know what was a cooler car than that? Was the, what? uh, the light blue VW microbus that the Libyans drove <laughs> in Back to the Future. <laughs> oh. Is that the one where? <laughs> Who do you think the Libyans? <laughs> the Libyans. Yeah, that's that was a VW microbus. Oh, I, it, it was light blue, wasn't it? Yeah, I think right. so. Yeah. Just just making sure. Yeah. But yeah, we wanted to, we want to talk a little bit about the the cars, vehicles, mainly cars, mainly cars that uh, bring us to the movie theater and sort of they don't bring us there, but they definitely uh, win our hearts over a little bit. And yeah, I think number number one in my head has to be the Back to the Future time time traveling DeLorean. Which, by the way, That's if anyone's to looking to with. if anyone's looking to buy a DeLorean, I know I see one on the corner <laughs> of my road down here over and over again. So if you're looking to buy one, email me. Email me. I'll just take the ten percent finder's fee. And I'll, I'll be, I'll be happy. Somebody's selling a DeLorean. I th- yeah, I think he's selling it for four grand. Complete with capacitor. Yeah, <laughs> complete with time travel. I think it. I think it only hits time travel at ninety-five, though. Like it's sort That's of like the bullshit. lower. Yeah, the lower speed. Well, no, it's yeah, yeah. The lower speed, the better. So this isn't a very good DeLorean, but it's right, 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 yeah. No, eighty-eight's where you want it, but yeah. <laughs> as, as far as movie cars go, this one is pretty important. I mean. It is its own separate character in my mind for that series. I mean, they well, don't do anything. Right? About it's, yeah, and it's, it, it is the it is the plot. I mean, yeah, it's the time machine. So and they do a couple a couple good shots where like the time machine rolls up. What who's in it? I don't like like in the very beginning. It's sort of like mysterious. The time machine rolls up. Who's there? Oh, it's Doc Brown getting out. What the hell's going on? And then they turn it into a time traveling. Well, not time traveling. Flying yeah, time traveling. Roads where we're going. Yeah. We don't need roads. That's so I don't know ass. if we can call, can we call this a car? Can cars that fly count as cars? Is it, is there, are they called flying cars? Like, is that what we call? That's them? just one of the features of the car. So yeah, okay, yeah, I think so. Okay, so does that mean we can call like the Transformers cars? Sure. Okay. I'll allow it. <laughs> so the Transformers well, then, are cars. Well, then can I want to put Can we talk about Megan Fox if we're going to talk about Transformers? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we can't. But actually, another thing I wanted to bring up was uh, backtracking just a second uh, to Fast and the Furious. Is Fast and the Furious is now in contention for the top top three, top five grossing movies of the of the year. So we ne- we didn't discuss it very much when we uh, brought I don't think that we up. We discussed and, it at all, did we? Yeah, and yeah. Ho- hopefully I'm, that doesn't do too well. So our predictions aren't that off. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, it's <sighs> Transformers. Maybe don't count. But what, what, what's, the, what's the one you got, Jeff? What's the one you liked? Um, uh, well, you know what? I'm going to go for Ecto-1 from the Ghostbusters movies. Oh, my God. Why didn't I think of that? That's yeah. pure brilliant. Yeah, it's the old ambulance that they turn into the Ghostbusters mobile. Uh, you know, it's, not, it's, it's certainly no DeLorean. It's not a huge plot piece or anything, but it's a really cool, really cool-looking car. Um, and I love that when they get it, it's just so beat up, and Ray is so happy about it. Yeah, he's so excited. <laughs> That's sort of the same. Shocks, new transmission. That's sort of the same touch with the DeLorean. Maybe that's what they gives them both personality. Like here, what you made a time machine out of a out DeLorean? Of DeLorean? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like an altered vehicle, which makes it cool, specific to the movie. Yeah, well, most yeah, the ones that, that I wanted to talk about are kind of like uh, like beat up or, or weird, but yeah, I, there there is one um, that I'd like to talk about, and I'm just going to say it is so choice. If you have the means. I highly recommend picking one up. <laughs> this is the 1961 Ferrari 250 GT California. Um, let me just say, uh, less than 100 were made. My father spent three years restoring this car. 
It is his life. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. It, yeah. it, it is his I thought we were going to talk. He did not yeah. lock the garage. That's all I, that's, I, I wanted to bring up a little bit of Ferris Bueller because yeah. that, that is a, that is a great bless. car and a great, great movie. And it's, yeah, it's a big role. It plays a big fucking role in the movie, too. It's pretty much the... Yeah, it's the climax. Yeah, and the climax at the end of it. Who do you love? You love a car! <laughs> That's great. Yeah. And I thought we were going to talk about just crappy cars this whole time. If we were going to talk about super cool cars, I would add a... You, you want a crappy car? I'll give you a crappy car. Yeah. I love the crappy blue Chevy Nova from Beverly Hills Cop. Nice. Oh, come nice. on. I, don't <laughs> I know. love it. Isn't that My... even like in it? Like, hey, you still driving that shitty blue Chevy Nova? <laughs> exactly. And then when he pulls up to the, uh, the, uh, the nice, uh, country club, he makes that one joke about, uh, yeah, park that in a good spot. All that shit happened when I was here last time. Yeah, all that shit. <laughs> that is yeah. Funny. So it Poor. does it does manage to you know improve the comedy of the the movie. I'm happy Eddie Murphy. If, if we're talking about movie. shitty blue cars, I want to talk about the Mirthmobile. The Mirthmobile. That's another good yes, one too from Wayne's World. Yeah. Wayne's World. Yeah, Garth's Garth's Gremlin from Wayne's World. It's the uh, the light blue Gremlin with the flames up the sides and the uh, and the Twizzler dispenser or whatever. Yeah. Red, red vine. Red. I'm sorry. Red vine dispenser, not Twizzler. Red rope. Red vine. Yeah. And it it had a lot more playtime than the the Chevy the Nova. That's for sure. I don't know. That's true. Well, okay. Whatever. I, I, the, the VW or sorry the. Uh, the gremlin is definitely a good accentuator for his character. It's kind of, you know, the smaller of the two, but had personality too, so it was good. It was like their was, little, their groups, uh, going out mobile, so it, it was definitely got some screen time. It was an extension of Garth. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, this is Garth. I'm gonna move, I'm gonna, uh, upgrade a little bit and go from the small vehicles to a little bit more of a, a hidden gem, which is the giant, like, RV, Monster Machine they released in Tango and Cash that they put giant machine guns on and like <laughs> rocket launchers and you're talking about stripes aren't you well stripes stripes as as it too but they, that's they what make, I thought you were no uh, no 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 it's in Tango and Cash but that's stripes too in Tango and Cash they have like a it's not an RV but it's like a it's not even a minivan either and it's not a tr- I don't even know what that thing is it's a giant black, just complete black tinted windows, whole thing. It looks pretty badass. And of course it's got machine guns. I'm pretty sure there's a flamethrower on it and it has nitros. So come on. You gotta get, and Tango and Cash is your, is one of your genius B movies of all time. I totally forgotten about that one. I can't even say I remember that one. Are you serious? They have like sort of the James Bond thing going where Kurt Russell's character meets up with some guy that gives him all kinds of weird toys and it's this RV. So. And that sort of brings you to every Bond car of all time. Right, we've got nice the Aston Martin. Gadgets. I did want to bring up yep. the uh, the Lotus that uh, that he drives that can go underwater. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, that one was pretty cool. I was surprised by the uh, the BMW. I think it was a Roadster that he drives in Goldeneye. So I just remember right after that movie came out, it seemed like they were everywhere on the road. Yeah, it wasn't like that cool of a car. You could tell BMW just wanted in. Like, right, yeah, it was like, more of a product placement type of thing. If I can, if I can buy it for $65,000, it's not a James Bond car, all right? <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> that's how that works. So, it was like the affordable James Bond car. Right. Maybe that's why it was everywhere. Do you think in some of these movies, like the DeLorean, uh, I'm, not, I'm sure the DeLorean, a lot of the crappy cars, that's probably why they turn these crappy cars into the special car in the movie because they don't want to buy the the eighty thousand well probably way more than that 
and whoever they would like to have an expensive car from doesn't want to advertise in their movie. They're just like, no, sorry, we're not going to give you a car. You're an idiot. Yeah. I I mean, it's definitely got to play a part as far as, like, what cars are being chosen for some of those. Like, I'm, you know, the BMW is definitely a product placement. Yeah. yeah. And I think the upgrade for Bumblebee from the VW Bug to the Camaro in this. Oh, God. I mean, that's that's a huge product placement. Transformers is a giant fucking commercial. Yeah, a giant GM spank fest. (laughs) Exactly. I wonder, that's a great question. I wonder what, that's why Transformers did so well. They just added the amount of product placement cash they got with, with the cars <laughs> and that movie into that gross. Yeah, I don't know that that's legal, but yeah. But, hmm, good point. We'll see. But yeah, it's, I, I don't know. Seeing the classy car, seeing the like real shiny, expensive cars in these aren't usually the ones I picked. Um, I have another one on here that's another, another, got another special spot in my heart. And this is another B movie, Maximum Overdrive. With uh, apparently, it's a Stephen King movie. I actually didn't know that when I had first seen it, and oh, really? I didn't know he, he directed it too. And it's a story about pretty much every car, automobile. I th- think it's just cars. I think it's just cars because I remember there's airplanes and like boats that can just drive around and do whatever they want. And it ended up being uh, a giant semi. There was a semi that had a big Joker face on it, and this car came to life, and it was like the boss of all the other cars, and it would just <laughs> run over people. Sweet. It was pretty sweet. It was pretty hilarious. Um, two of my favorite ones, actually, are from, unfortunately, really bad movies, but I fell in love with them on the TV before they got moved to the big screen. Um, the first one is the Mach 5 from Speed Racer. That was my first, yeah, I, my I, first love when I was a little kid. It was pretty much my first geek out. I'm just like, yes, this car is awesome, you know. It's just, I can't get enough of it. I fell in love with it before I even knew the name of the show. Have you like, seen the movie? Rediscovered it years later. No, I've never seen okay. the movie. But I heard it was horrible, so <laughs> i kind of been staying away from it. But yeah, I love that car from day one, and it's always been a childhood memory of mine. Yeah, yeah. The the other one being the Generally. That one was more the of my generally. years. Are you serious? Yeah. yeah, I loved the Dukes of Hazard when I was a kid. <laughs> You know, just loved the whole General Lee idea. And I never saw the movie or saw the show. Like, it didn't do anything special other than had the Confederate flag on it, right? Like, that's... Dude, the horn. Hello? I don't remember the horn either. The horn had the special horn, and then the uh, the doors were welded shut, so they had oh. to go in through the windows. Okay. But yeah, a... th- those two are my favorite cars of all time, and they made it to the movies, but not in a good fashion. I, I heard... I got a couple more that I want to bring up. Uh, the dude's car in... Um... In Lebowski, really? <laughs> okay. All right. Not that there's anything that great about it, just that it's it's a huge part of the story. I really like, and I like that it just gets worse and worse and worse, and then finally at the end of the movie they kill his car. That's I think that was kind of kind of funny. But um, uh, one of my favorite movie cars of all time is the 1964 Lincoln Continental. Uh, also known as the Deathmobile <laughs> Animal House, they which comes, is brought, yeah, they come screaming out of the smoke and just uh, it's just such a hilarious moment. Like yeah, another, they take, they take this poor kid's brother's car and just <laughs> totally destroy it with a welder and turn it into something made to just absolutely annihilate other people's <laughs> good time. And I love it so much; it makes me so happy every time I see it. That was actually another. Uh, that was actually brought up in a, a Parker Posey a while ago too, which we talked about vehicles for a while, and uh, that, that's sort of on the same note. I want to uh, wrap this up actually, but with one last mention, and that's to uh, one that hasn't been brought up uh, at all. I don't even think in that Parker Posey was the Batmobile, and it's cla- it's got some classiness to it. It never had any obvious like, oh, it's a DeLorean turned into this, but um, it's 
been in how many movies now? Seven. You're talking about the old school Batmobile. I guess that's the thing. It's been in, yeah, it's been in, yeah. There's different Batmobiles. Yeah. There's been like seven different movies. I'm not a I'm not actually a big fan of the new ones in uh, Batman Begins. And but the super military tumbler. Yeah, exactly. Right. I sort of like the sleek. What the hell is this thing doing? It's got missiles, rockets, and is pretty stupid looking. And uh, I think Batman Returns is my favorite because in Batman Returns, you it's the same. Uh, car, but in Batman Returns, spoiler alert, they take over the car, and it turns into a mean car for a little while. And Batman seems, you know, doesn't know, does sort of seems uh, cheated. Oh my god, what happened to my car? Turns out, Penguin's controlling it. Look out, Batman, you're gonna die. <laughs> yep. It's scary. Um, Quick shout out to a, f- a few that uh, just kind of add to the whole character of like the main people you know their personality i mean um the yellow vw bus from little miss sunshine just seems to fit that family perfectly nice the the, the griswold station wagon <laughs> is perfect for that family and the blues brothers beat all the hell cop car nice. yeah. yeah good call good call very all. good so we do yeah we do need to keep keep moving here and we actually have a it's uh, our third third episode our, we're doing this in threes where we have another quiz for you today and James uh, is our quiz master per usual. So James, uh, we don't know. I don't even know what the topic is. What we're doing here. So you're gonna have to enlighten me. Okay. Uh, actually, uh, this quiz is a part two of um, one that I believe we did in episode ten. Um, this is episode the one 10. where I I read character names and you have to name the actor who played these characters. Badass. Okay. Hey, Greg. Oh. I guess. <laughs> yes. And as usual, Jeff will be competing with Greg, and Greg will not be competing with Jeff. Wow. I have, I have, I don't need to compete. I have a window in front of me with a keyboard. <laughs> I don't need to right. compete. Greg says, "Yeah." Um, I'll start with a pretty easy one. Hopefully. All right. So you're gonna name character after character after character, and we're gonna yeah. What I'll do is I'll uh, list off three names kind of slowly, and then finish with. Another one followed by another one if you need them. I, I like and that we, format. And we have to okay. guess the movie. Got it. All right. So, first person. Buddy Holly. Mink. Theodore Donald. And I'm going to mess up this pronunciation, but it's Carabazos. Buddy Holly. Mink. Theodore. And Donald Carabazos. No idea. Next one. Rockhound. Rockhound. Shit. This isn't uh, Armageddon, is it? Isn't Rockhound in Armageddon? No, we're naming an actor, Greg. God damn. Yeah, you need it straight. Oh, I thought we were naming the movie. No, no, you need an actor who played all these people. Buddy Holly, Mink, Theodore Donald Kerbatsos... Steve Buscemi. Rockham. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> you, you should have got it, Jeffy. That's in Armageddon. That's the guy. He played Buddy Holly in um, uh, Pulp Fiction. Damn yeah. it. Yes. Damn it. Damn it. from uh, Miller's uh, Crossing. Uh, 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 and Theodore Don- Donald Krabasa, as you know better, is Donnie. Ah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and the last You're one killing was Mr. Smalls. Pink. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Mr. Um, Pink was going to be the last one. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, let us go with this one. Gabe Walker. Lincoln Hawk. Bruce Willis. John. No, John Spartan. Oh, it's Hudson Hawk. Damn it. John Spartan. Mm-hmm. That's obvious. Gabe. Who is it? Oh. Gabe Walker, Lincoln Hawk, John Spartan. Spartan. And the next two get really easy, so I'll give you an extra couple seconds here. Um. Sly Stallone? 
Correct. Damn it! God. I was like John Spartan. That's in it's in my head. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Who's John Spartan? Got it. Got Demolition it. Man. Yeah. Uh, yep. It went cliffhanger, over the top. Learn your classic <laughs> movies, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, the last two were yeah, Rambo and Balboa, so I couldn't. Uh, <laughs> yeah, jo- John Rambo might have been a giveaway. <laughs> yeah, and that was the second, the last one too. So that's the bad part. All right. Rocky about- Balboa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Caster Troy. Nicholas Cage. Tone- <laughs> yes. Damn What's it. that from? God, I'm from face off. <laughs> oh man! Well, you know what? I, I'm not that ashamed that I couldn't get that. I'm gonna tell you that right now. <laughs> I just want to point out in a little uh, astronomy for you guys: Castor Troy and Pollux Troy, the brothers in that movie, are also big, mean big dog and little dog, which are stars, by the way. Okay, good to know. Good move to on. Great. Move on. All right. Um, let's go with Vivian Ward. Mary Riley, Tess Ocean, Julia Roberts. Yes. Oh, Ocean. Ocean should have had it. I was afraid no of Mary Riley. Oh, she Vivian. Uh, Vivian. Vivian Ward. Ward is the pretty woman character. Okay, and Mary Riley is. Mary Riley from the movie Mary Riley. Oh, wow. <laughs> and Mary Riley. And this is this is regarding. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Coming back, Charlie, right? Charlie Dillon. Linus Caldwell. Tom Ripley. Uh, it's not Sigourney Weaver, is it? No. Ripley. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> that, would, that would have been Ellen Ripley. What was the first one? Charlie Dillon. Matt Damon. Correct. Ooh. I, I'm right. lost. You're at the, what, where are those characters in? Uh, Charlie Dillon is from School Ties, if I remember correctly. Uh, Linus Caldwell is from the Oceans movies. And Tom Ripley is from... Uh, the talented Mr. Ripley, right? Yeah, yeah that's yes, where I yes. got it from. Touche, right. Jeff. Touche. Um, Zelensky. Zelensky is all we get. Okay. Louis Winthorpe III. Louis. Joe Friday. Tom Hanks. No. Damn it. Lewis? Eddie Murphy? No. Lewis Winthorpe the third. Yep. Alright, the next one? Dan Aykroyd. Raymond? Dan Aykroyd is correct. Oh. I knew it was somebody was, in the Dragnet movie. Yeah, no, <laughs> I was thinking, my head was in uh, Trading Places, and that would have gotten me. Dan yeah, Aykroyd. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's, and Zelensky oh. is the auto parts dealer from... Tommy boy. And I heard no, Winthorpe. Yeah. Damn it. I'm upset with myself. Three to um, three. Okay. Three to three. Coming back, baby. Coming back. <laughs> All right. Julius Benedict. Ben Richards. Harry Tasker. Julius Harrison Benedict was the, was the first one? Incorrect. Yes, Julius ben- Benedict was the first one. Andy Garcia. <laughs> no. The next one is Douglas Quaid. Arnold Schwarzenegger? Yes. yes. Uh, Quaid. Julius Benedict from Twins. Ben Richards from Running Man. Harry Tasker from True Lies. Uh, oh. All I right. was pretty close with Harry. Let's do two more. Two more. Do you have two more? Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, let's two. I'll just get that on the list here. Tristan Ludlow. 
Rusty Ryan. What the hell? Jeffrey Goins. You're going to have to name like four more for me. <laughs> no, it'll probably just be one more. Next one, Joe Black. Oh, Brad Pitt. Oh, Brad Pitt. <laughs> Correct. I was going to say Benjamin Button. I was going to say Benjamin Button. Does that count? <laughs> Tyler oh, Durden would have God, been the next yeah, one. Son of a... That was... All right. Oh. Um, I'll have to do it's, for the This is perfect. One. It's tied. Perfect. Yeah. Get, right. Pick one that I'm going to get. This one this <laughs> might be a little tough. We'll see. All right. Ooh, it's the last one. Favorite, so. Jeff, actually, but we'll see. Yeah, Oliver just... Rose. Jack Colton. Andrew Shepard. The next one is Grady Tripp. Douglas, Michael Douglas. Yeah, oh. I had a feeling that one might favor you. Because I knew you liked that movie. Is it Wonder Boys? Is that what you're the Correct, trip yeah. one? That's Grady Tripp, oh, yeah. yeah. Man, Gordon Gecko being the I, one. I had Gecko. the lead and I threw it away. Nicholas Van Orton. <laughs> I threw it away. That was fun. I, I, I that was uh, really I fun because one. I wound up coming back in a, in a stunning epic victory. <laughs> so I had people are going to think this is rigged. It's not rigged. Yes. It's not I just rigged. win every time. Yeah, <laughs> it's not rigged. I'm just much smarter and if you ask me, better looking than Greg. Oh, so it's man, it's easy. That's. Man, well, my, so, my self-esteem sure didn't need that. Time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, so that was brilliant. And we actually have a little bit more of a sort of like a user, listener, uh, co-op question coming up, which is our Parker Posey play-along. We're trying to get and, you guys uh, involved. Yeah, trying to get you involved in the show. And we actually, I don't know if Jeff's really trying hard because he's probably had the worst questions he, I don't, I don't know where he gets these. I don't know if he asks like somebody off the street, "Hey, ask me a movie question," and then repeats it because this is that was a tough question, man. So Greg is a little bitter um, because <laughs> because I just won at the game, but he is he is absolutely right. I do have the worst Parker Posey questions ever. Apparently, that having been said, I feel like when I ask a question and I get few answers, I get really good ones though. The ones that I get. My question this time around was. Um, a, t- a time during a movie where you laughed and no one else did. And Greg and I both had answers in our last uh, last cast. Jim, did you ever come up with one? You know, I thought about this all week, and no, I still don't have an answer for this one. Hmm. Okay. I, I yeah, love the generic uh, sense of humor that everybody else in America does. That's, that's great. We had some really good answers, though. Um, KPW laughed, apparently, when Samuel L. got eaten by the shark in the middle of Deep Blue Sea. That's yeah. pretty funny. Um <laughs> <laughs> Galloway laughed at Titanic. Uh, Varys laughed at, at John Lovitz and the Wedding Singer. That's great. Jarv and B. Lee, the last two posts, though, are probably my two favorites. Um, I'll start with B. Lee's post about he was watching Twilight recently and just was laughing during the entire thing. That cracks <laughs> yeah. me up. <laughs> That's funny. Um, what's What's funny is I didn't. I've no, I have no idea what Twilight's about other than vampires. And his his response is sort of like a summation of what Twilight is. Is and it's a comedic one, but it's funny. Okay, go ahead. 
Yeah, so it, so it's funny. I got to get a huge kick out of that. And then Jarv actually was talking about his sociology class in OCC. I'm pretty sure I had the same professor in 2006 <laughs> as he had in 2000 um, for the sociology class that I took at Oakland Community College because I definitely watched Full Metal Jacket in mine for no apparent reason whatsoever. And, uh, <laughs> and yeah, same thing. Like, I'm laughing at the stuff that you kind of laugh at when you're sick and twisted or if you've seen the movie a few times and just like Jarv because I'm both and nobody yeah. else in the class is laughing because it's just not funny to them. So uh, The one the one thing Jarv. I want to bring up that actually wasn't posted, I was talking to uh, my sister Lisa about it and she was mentioning she didn't really have an answer for it uh, in the way that you were looking for, I don't think. But he, she was, remember the time she was cracking up in the theater pretty much due to the environment where some somebody in front of them it was her and Jim P and some others. Somebody in front of them would just reek. Like it didn't. It didn't. It smelled like he didn't take a shower for like ten years. And uh, <laughs> they were there, like commenting about how they how she he smelled so bad. And apparently they went to watch uh, Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, the first one. And there's a part in it where Frodo's making fun of somebody smelling, like in the very like sort of like twenty minutes in. And they that happened as they were discussing the guy smelling in front of them, and they just lost it in the theater. <laughs> That's and, great. Uh, it's a great example. Yeah, it, it didn't really have to, to do. The theater. Yeah, yeah, it didn't really have to do with you know what everyone was not laughing and you were because of what was happening in the movie, but it was close. It was close to it. Um, so that brings us to the new Parker Posey play along. And um, that's not, it's not my turn, James. You've got, you got this one. Yeah, it's definitely my turn. And so do you, do you have an answer for this one? Yeah. Do you have an answer for this? Parker Posey? <laughs> um, I, I think so. All right. <laughs> All right. We should, I should hope so. And even though, you know, Jeff hasn't been doing so hot, at least I still have the worst one ever, I think. So I still have him there. <laughs> thanks for, thanks for taking but, that uh, bullet, Jim. I appreciate it. <laughs> no problem. Um, this week's question, and like always, you can respond on, uh, Kungapit.com, um, is what is your favorite performance by a child actor? And mine is going to be, as Jeff probably already Damn knows. Damn it, I'm going to pick uh, that one too. <laughs> is uh, Natalie Portman, <sighs> who plays Marty in Beautiful Girls. Or you, um, could, you could pick her in freaking Leon. Yeah, that's that, that, like, that, yeah. that might have been mine, actually. Either <laughs> right, or. So, Go ahead. But the part that really sells it for me is she has a scene with Timothy Hutton, and during the whole movie they're kind of... They've got, they're getting along, but, you know, she's preteen and he's, you know, coming home from, you know, post-college career, that type of thing. So there's some age difference there, but they still kind of, you know, have a, a good relationship and she's clinging on to the idea that someday it could blossom into, you know, a real relationship guy-girl. And the scene that really gets me is when she's talking with Timothy Hutton and she's just now coming into the realization that this relationship isn't going to happen. And it's just, it's heartbreaking. She's kind of out in the snow putting a sled away and he's talking to her through a window and she just does a perfect job at it. And that's what sold me on the whole performance. Yeah. yeah I'm she convinced really that she's good. actually gotten worse as an actress since that. She was phenomenal <laughs> in both that and Leon the professional. And which one? I have to think of my own. Which one is, uh, her first movie? Like, is that, do you know? Leon is before the, the other one. Okay. Do you know if that Leon was her first movie? Uh, I'm not sure if it was her first. I know it came out like a year or two before. Okay. Beautiful Girls. Interesting. Now. Both good movies. You should catch them both. Beautiful. Yeah, she was 12 in Leon, I think, which would make her like 14, maybe 15 in, in Beautiful Girls. Yeah, yeah. Um, this one's tough. I, uh, I'm not happy with this answer. It's the next one I thought of. I'm, I guess I'm, I'm happy with it. It's a good answer, but I, I bet there's a better one. Um, I, the first thing I thought of was the girl from Little Miss Sunshine after Natalie Portman, because that Abigail movie, Breslin. yeah, she makes, 
<laughs> she obviously became a star after that movie, and she's. I think I don't know what silly child's book series she's in, but she's probably making billions for her parents. Uh, but she in that movie, like you feel anxious for her, you feel sad for her, happy for her, and she's got like a a smile that will pretty much melt Ebenezer Scrooge in that movie. It's just so, <laughs> it's so I don't know that she makes that movie. That and Greg Kinnear's a great loser, but other than that, it's it's uh, uh she's my pick pretty much. We we both picked girls. Jeff, you got a guy? Can you think of a guy? Haley Joel Osment. Come on. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> you also have the kid it, it never ending story. My mind. Um, the childlike empress. Childlike empress, Jeff. <laughs> I would. I, w- I will point. I will point out that the childlike empress in the never ending story has been in nothing else other than that. I just want to point that out. She well, is the childlike one. empress. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's I'm having see. a pretty Other tough ideas. time with this. Uh, yeah, I actually thought of a few others, but I'll hold them back. So, yeah, I really I wanted to pick one of those Natalie Portman, uh, one of the Natalie Portman picks. How young do you have to be to be considered a child actor? Um, I was thinking like pre-driving age. Just describe why Natalie Portman's so good in the professional. I've, uh, I've got it. Looks- I know. I oh, know. Okay. I know who I want to pick. I need to look up his name real quick, though. Um, Natalie Portman is really good in the professional. Uh, genuinely heartbreaking. Uh, beautiful, beautiful <laughs> young lady. Uh, do do like do like the Natalie Portman. And buy his name time, is Mason Gamble. Uh, Mason Gamble plays uh, Dirk Calloway in Rushmore. <laughs> oh, good one. I like that. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. Truce, truce. Yeah. Apparently, he's only three years younger than me. Um, three years and five days. But uh, he, he is. Uh, he was a child actor at the time, I guess. So um, count him. And why? Why is he such a great person what? in that movie? I, have, have you seen the movie? Uh, no, um, <laughs> he's he's great. He's uh, he plays Max Fisher, the main character's best friend, who's significantly younger and chapel partner, and um, he he kind of gets betrayed and and forgives Max uh, for his betrayal, and he has a couple of hilarious scenes where he is trying his damnedest to be the best friend in the world to Max, even though it really, he really shouldn't be because Max is kind of a, not the nicest guy. Yeah. And, um, what, the scene where, where Bill Murray almost hits him with the car because he's standing there and will not move. And, and he winds up saying, yeah, I'm with friends like you, who needs friends? And then he spits on the hood of his car and walks away is awesome. So he does a good job of playing innocence really well. And then just, Totally turning around and <laughs> By making some new comment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, he, the, the hand job. Yeah, he's he is a, he is pretty good in that movie. And I gotta like, that's a pretty good. That's probably beats my pick. I don't know. At least at least you picked a you did pick a a guy instead of a girl. We we had to break the break. Yeah, the all my backups were all girls too. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Too many girls. Too many girl kids. Really, he played that, Dennis the Menace too. Just see. <laughs> That's a good point, actually. I think I remember that. And so, actually, wrapping that up, and with uh, the Parker Posey play-along, I want to point out that, yes, you can answer these questions uh, on the forums at gungapit.com, but also uh, look for us soon on Facebook. We've got, we got things set up. We're going we're gonna to spread things out a bit, reach out to some people that, don't, that didn't know that we existed, and we're going to have a lot of answers. So Tell your of, friends, because gonna, Greg needs this to be a money-making endeavor <laughs> pretty damn fast. By Greg, he means everybody. Yeah, everybody seriously. wants us to be money making. Anyhow, 
Uh, thank you for joining us, everybody. Uh, I'll see you guys on the forums, gunkbit.com. And uh, James and Jeff, per usual, thank you for the input. See you next time. Thanks, everyone. Drive safe. Thank you, live listener uh, Brian Lee, for making it as well. Take care, everyone. Craig T. Nelson's Forehead Movie Hour. See you later. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Craig T. Craig T. Can't forget the T. Sort of have it written right next to the end there. Okay. Am I prepared for this? I just don't know. Michigan State University is calling me. It's probably to apologize for the game yesterday. <laughs> Tell them you're not going to pay student loans until they can put an impressive performance against UNC. 